Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Sometimes the last resorts can be reasonable persistence. Liz Kay was a 55-year-old woman who was a fairly successful musician in the local community within the Rocky Mountain states. She'd been playing since she was a teenager and was well-versed in a number of different instruments, the piano and synthesizer being her instruments of choice and desire. She was part of a small band that did everything from bar mitzvahs to bars and had an extensive repertoire within their portfolio for performance. Miss Kay was partial, though, to the classics. Her go-to pieces, as she said, when she was alone or when she was doing some solo works, revolved around Beethoven and Rachmaninoff, primarily, as she said to me, because of the challenge of one and the pauses in the other. You could feel the passion when she spoke of music, as well as times hearing her humming a Furry Lees or Paganini prior to coming into her room. It was clear that music was her life, her vocation, as well as her avocation. Miss Kay noted that she had begun to have issues with playing, as she put it, crisp notes of Rachmaninoff, almost insidiously one evening. It was almost as if her fingers weren't registering what she should be doing, even though she'd done it literally hundreds of times before. Moreover, she noted that she seemed to almost feel as if she were going to collapse during the piece, and at one point had to stop and ask her husband to come over and help her to the couch. After resting for several moments, she seemed to recover and decided to go to bed. The next morning, she seemed to be much better, and before going on her usual daily constitutional, easily played a Beethoven sonata, which both brightened her mood and her day. She subsequently attended a short practice at noon in preparation for a small gig she and the band were doing for a restaurant opening downtown, without issue. However, when she went to help set up later in the afternoon, she noted how tired she felt. She still went on to perform with her colleagues, but noted the same issues with having this feeling of fatigue and being, a, as she said it, a wet rag. This was quite unlike her. She noted that the pieces that she was playing were pretty easy as the pop songs go, and not technically sophisticated. But even her bandmates asked if something was wrong. She just didn't seem to be playing with enthusiasm. She denied knowing what was wrong, but one of the girls who played bass asked her pointedly if she was depressed. She wondered about this, not clear if this was what depression felt like. Ms. K related that she felt fine the next morning, but began to be afraid of what might happen later on during the day. Since her friend had suggested she might be depressed, she got the name of her bandmate psychologist and went to see her. She did a number of tests, spoke to the patient about her stresses, as well as the possibility of conversion reactions, as well as other reactions due to unconscious issues, and suggested she seek a medical opinion. Ms. K noted that the pattern of fatigue, feelings during the day were consistent, and if anything were getting worse. She didn't like doctors, but was referred to a psychiatrist whom she noted to me was quite striking, but gave her a reference to a clinic that had a couple of doctors who saw musicians specifically at the university. He suggested that she go there for further evaluation, which is how she ended up in my clinic, but not before many other visits with other paraprofessionals, from chiropractors to massage therapists to naturopathic healers, all of whom had given her interesting suggestions on how to deal with her issue. We were, in her mind, the last resort. When she arrived at my clinic in the afternoon, she was clearly fatigued. While not out of breath, she still seemed to be requiring a fair amount of time to answer questions, since she spoke at almost a languid pace. However, all of her answers were appropriate, 
and at times very amusing, particularly when describing some of the gigs she had to do and what the band needed to do to prep for it. She said, it's a dog-eat-dog world, so if they tell you you need to change in the back hallway, or you only get 10 minutes to set up a lead bass, keyboard, drums, and speakers in a 10 by 15 foot space, or you get to the gig and it's just a concrete slab with no outlets, it's all part of the job. I noticed that as we talked, she seemed to be falling asleep, but she seemed alert when speaking. I asked if she was sleepy and she denied this, but did note that when she was tired, her eyes had begun to droop. Her exam was also notable for the inability to persist in strength tests, from outstretched hands to pushing or pulling away, but which improved with some level of rest between tests. I began to understand her situation and grabbed some ice from the refrigerator and put it on the patient's forehead over her eyes. After about 45 seconds, I observed that her droopy eyes had diminished significantly. With gentle, repeated testing of her strength, she became weaker and weaker. All of her sensory testing and coordination was intact, however. I discussed this with my colleague, the other attending in the clinic, and we both agreed the lead diagnosis was really not a psychological one, but a disorder of muscle, myasthenia gravis, an autoimmune disease. When I relayed the clinical opinion to Ms. K, she became tearful, which surprised me. I was afraid there was something wrong, so I couldn't play again, she said. I'd die if that were to happen. The keyboard and I are the best of friends. I tried to assuage her concerns and noted that we would get some lab tests as well as obtain some nerve and muscle testing to help with the diagnosis. As well, trying her on some medication to see if it helped would be something that we'd work on right away, but needed to have the patient hold off on more permanent medication before her electrodiagnostic testing, to which she agreed. After a few weeks, Ms. K re-entered the clinic, looking like a different person. She was chipper, did not have any of the same issues of slow speech or flat affect, and in general, seemed to be in good spirits. That drug is a miracle drug, she noted, but it doesn't last very long. I have to take it three or four times a day, but I have no problems getting through a performance. Her labs, as well as the nerve and muscle tests, were confirmative of myasthenia gravis, coincident with the response to the medication. We will need to treat you with some other medications, but clearly we can address the disorder, I noted. You'll need to see some other doctors, but we'll take care of you. She was elated and enthusiastic. I'm just happy I have no problem playing piano concerto number two, she quipped. But it'll be our little secret if I say I'm too tired to do Lady. What an awful tune. As she was leaving clinic, she handed me a CD. It was a recording of she and her band from some studio work. Mostly pop stuff and cover, she said. Hope you like it. I'm sure I will, I noted. While not exactly my style, it was perfect for the back room of the clinic. I wouldn't doubt if it's still there today, playing some Little River Band tunes for background. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.